Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Back to the Pictures, the movie review podcast by three, count them, one, two, three, university friends taking you on an adventure through time and space. Not to be confused with the popular Einstein theory, rather we're discussing an era in our lives where we had an abundance of time and space. The three of us lived together, studied and raved as Manchester students between 2005 and 2009. And when we couldn't be found on campus or at legendary Manchester venues such as M2, Font Bar, Subspace and Popolinos, we could be found at home watching the shit out of a ton of movies. Now, over a decade later, we have decided to regroup and re-watch many of the films we viewed together during those uni days and see what we make of them especially now that we're in our existential cynical 30s. We hope you've been following our journey so far, as each week we resurrect, review and reconsider motion pictures, movies, films, flicks and features from a simpler time. We are your hosts. I'm Ben. Show that shit, Rose. I'm Ian. Create all the balls. Green. I'm Anton. Shut the fuck up. Next question. Ogundimu. Uh, Huey Lewis said it best, but I'm going to say it for him. Tell me, Doctor Green, where are we going this time? The year is 2004, and the movie is The Girl Next Door. Not to be confused with the horror movie of the same name from 2007. This movie stars Emil Hirsch and Elijah Cuthbert in a story about a high school senior who thinks that he has found the woman of his dreams. However, he soon learns that the object of his affection has a surprising and overwhelmingly intimidating former vocation. It was directed by Luke Greenfield, who, with all due respect, did not really break out into director A-listing territory after this film. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Personally, I've never heard of him. I was was literally just about to say, because I know nothing about him. But uh, he delivered this film for us, so thank you, Luke. I'm going to start with a question, guys. Did any of you, or did any of us, have this chance with a girl that we thought was unattainable and your friends are giving you shit advice about it? It was funny because I bet you anything, and I, and I, get, I bet it wasn't just myself, and it wasn't even just you guys, but I bet a lot of people who watched this film, if you watched it at an older age, you could all at least name or think of one girl where it was just like, that. this is my, and then insert girl's name here, 100%. I ran through, I ran through a few names. But for me, I just had, in my head, I had Michaela Stratford. Well, Michaela, wherever you are, you broke my boy's heart. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ian met this girl who, and he was the only one of us getting laid at the time. I mean, the only one who even had a chance of getting laid. And we told him what to do, however ill-advised it was. And did he do it? No. <laughs> Ian, do you remember the, can you tell the story about the cake in bed? <laughs> um... <laughs> so. We were like, get it out the way first, mate. You know, don't have dinner first. Don't have drinks first. Just ravage her. And I was, oh man, I was, I was nervous. So um, you thought, what uh, do I need? Cake. <laughs> no, the cake was actually actually like a medicine. <laughs> so it was just like I drank a lot of wine and was really nervous. So feeling tipsy, uh, and and if I remember correctly, alcohol is a blood thinner. So just putting that out there. Mm. But I definitely needed to stall for time. So I, I remembered that we skipped dessert. And then I remembered it was in the fridge. And as a waiter, you know, I, by myself, 15, 20 minutes. He was like, I know we're butt naked right now, but would you like some cake? <laughs> oh, so, do you know what this, so you know what this moment is like now? Dairy sugary goodness. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me two seconds. <laughs> back, back then as well was when you used to make playlists. I don't think people do that much anymore. But I fucking Papa Roach playing. <laughs> <laughs> I just what what, I, what I'm referring to is like Ian actually got the girl. She, we thought she was unattainable. Remember when they met? It was like she's way too hot for him. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I will admit I was quite surprised. But there was a lot of hot girls that were after Ian that never ceased to amaze me when we his, found his out. Oblivious, his obliviousness. Yeah, his Absolutely. obliviousness. And always. the fact that he didn't give a shit. And that was, always that. What was his, that was always what was his greatest power with them as well. The fact that he never knew. So he literally just f- feigned it off like it was nothing. I'll never forget when we were, he had a party around his house. Ian had legendary parties. And... There's one that girl. Was too shy to invite people to, if you remember. Correctly. Well, yeah, so I did it for you, and we invited uh, one girl who was probably the hottest girl in the. I mean, it, it was Slim Pickens. No offense, Edgeware School, but it was <laughs> Slim Pickens, and you know she was the hottest girl, definitely, um, at least the one who ran in our circles. And she says that she spilt wine down her top, and she's like, "Ian, could you come into the bathroom and help me? This is your house." And she pulls him into the bathroom, and me and you know, my friend, our friends Chris and whatever, we were just like, that's it, done. He has lost those V-plates. What a fucking dude. All you know is, next thing, she comes storming out and, you know, her, the dress that she was wearing has got, like, wet marks on it, but you can't see the, the wine stain anymore. And she just goes and starts talking to someone else. And I come, and, you know, Ian comes out, and I'm like, oh, you are a fucking legend. Tell us everything. He was like, what, everything? It's like, everything. He's like, Okay, well, I started with some bicarb, just to make it <laughs> a little bit less stubborn. <laughs> and I applied some white wine because I read somewhere. Oh, that... my God. That's freaking brilliant. Can you imagine? She was in there, topless, and he's got his back to her at the sink. with these stubborn stains? Hey, I'm... I'm just glad it's... I didn't pass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you can just imagine all the sounds. Just be like, uh, 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 yes. yeah. Mm. And that's him just scrubbing the shit out of that dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming out. Yes. I'm going to lose. It's going to go soon. Uh, mate. Like, she was yeah, so on it with it. Anyway, that's, that's, not, that's not the theme of this movie, you know? I mean, I, I suppose it is in a way, but the, the, the fact is these... Well, it's, it's a good point, because I want to be able... It's, it's a great film where... I think when I watched it when this came out, I was not far off the age of the actual characters in it, and I related a lot to the experiences, and you know. Mm. And now watching it out, it's been so interesting to watch it as a, like a proper adult, where you're you're seeing that more like the parents and the teachers. Just sure, it's, just it's, like... it's so funny because, like you said, and I mean, we said before we even started filming this podcast. I mean, I don't know about you, but I genuinely forgot to do research for this film because it was just watching and thinking about when I was at that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this, it, this, just talking, just everything is going to be more relatable to stories than it is going to be to about the film, if that makes sense. It just kind of, it kind of hits that way more than anything else, if that makes sense. Sure. It's very much all about the nostalgia. I, I still feel like these, these guys that we'll go into uh, once we go into the cast, these guys are more, they're more independent than most kids of their age in real life, probably a side effect of, casting actors way older than their characters but the way that they operate and the way they interpret what being with a woman must mean to the greater story of their lives is quite authentic if you ask me it's quite authentic like in high school you believe nothing will ever be more important than what you are dealing with in that 
moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Even though their lives haven't even started. And I find a lot of good teen comedies get that truth right. Yeah. It's so true, it really is. Alright, let's roll that trailer. I will always remember. I'll always remember. I will always remember. I will always remember. Remember. I will always remember the girl next door. Whoa. Oh my. She's so hot. What channel, dude? Dude, what the? Matthew. Matthew, come down here. So what are we going to do about this? No. <laughs> Sorry. Dude. She comes to your house and she makes you strip, okay? Where's she to do Damn. Should have kissed her. So, we can figure this out. You just you need a girl. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I don't know. Someone who's gonna push him. Ooh, boxers. That's my principle. <laughs> so you're friends with D, huh? Yeah. Well, we're, um, we're kind of going out. <laughs> Someone who's gonna make him do things he never thought he could do. Dude. I know. Get in. <laughs> All right, what? Matthew, we live in a crazy world. That's not her. Yeah, it is. Cool. Matt, she's a porn star, okay? Dude, what would JFK do? Don't mess this up. <laughs> Gee, fine, fine, fine. Please, please, Matt. I just want to let you know you're better than this. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. It means you don't steal my girl unless you're ready to accept the consequences. Things get bad, just bolt, okay? What happened? You got that. There's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah, there is. I mean. This is the point where we warn you. Moving forward, spoilers come thick and fast. Quicker than Eli 60 seconds into a cable softcore porno presentation. So if you want to pause the podcast here, go and watch the movie, then that's cool. If you don't mind, let's continue on. Skate, skate! All our reviewed movies are rated U. This stands for University Standard. And seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised. As always, we start out talking about the cast, and right off the bat, uh, Emil Hirsch, who is Mr. Speed Racer. And sadly, I, w- I did not know this, but I learned on my uh, very little research I did for this podcast that in 2015, he was charged with aggravated assault after attacking and strangling a Paramount Pictures executive at a nightclub. Wow. A female called Danielle Burnfield. Um, That's a shame. Hirsch claimed that he did not remember what happened because he was so smashed at the time. Uh, you're probably mixing drugs and alcohol, not, I think he said. Not a great out great defense there is it well he pleaded guilty of misdemeanor assault um but was only sentenced to something like two weeks he actually did jail time yeah he did jail time and he was also fined a a very paltry sum i think and i think a few months of probation probably quite a few hours of community service he went into rehab after it and hasn't happened since wow he did he did um into the wild as well didn't he yeah he did the autopsy of jane doe did milk he's done a lot yeah, that uh, I quite liked Into the Wild actually. Into the Wild was actually pretty cool. What what could the what could that 
movie exec could what could they have done or said to him to cause him to try and fucking strangle them in a nightclub? I know he just he did always seem like quite a chilled. Oh, well, again, yeah, this is we're making awesome. we're making girl next door too, and you're not in it. Like what? <laughs> the Doesn't guy, like... the guy next door. That's literally me. <laughs> Eliza Cuthbert's. Wow. Just... Kim Bauer. Take, we, we, may, we may need to take some time out for this one. I was really rooting for her to get big. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I found her convincing in twenty four, even. Even though the character was grinding, I think it was less about her performance and more about the writing making it extremely difficult yeah. to like her and believe that so much could happen to just one character in 24 hours. I think here's a funny thing, right? And I'm probably being a little bit... There are people that I will say I'm probably being egregious about it, but she very much strikes me as... the Her story very much strikes me as like very much Marilyn Monroe's kind of story in terms of yes it doesn't help that she also looks like her but just very much that she is that beautiful that there was nothing else to do but typecast her as someone famous for her beauty if that makes sense she's intimidatingly beautiful like it's 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 obscene and because of that she was very much sorry you are stuck well i it's a shame i I, maybe she didn't have the chops to be a leading lady I, i hope it's not because she was typecast into just being this unattainable beauty. But, you know, the fact is that she remains one of the hottest actresses of all time, if that means anything to anyone, anywhere, Mm. ever. I mean, in the, what was this, mid-2000s, so, you know, she was competing against Jessica Simpson, uh, Paris Hilton. Who was that one from the OC? Something Barton? Oh, Misha Misha Barton. Yeah, J-Lo, Kirsten Dunst, Cameron Diaz. To be honest, in my opinion, none of them hold a candle to her. Yeah, I got me. Like, it's still you still watch her in this film, and, and you know, like you know when they do the scene where she obviously picks out her clothes and she's just moving in, and I do the, do just see her and just like, God damn. She also is dripping in confidence. Exactly that. Like, there's so many scenes in this where she's just looking at Matt or looking at the camera or just looking, at, and it's just there is no. It's like she's looking at you through the screen, and it's just like. She knows she ha- she captured that perfectly mm. with that kind of almost as much kind of sexual confidence as innocence at the same time. Oh yeah, well. she's she's adorable as well as being exactly exactly sexy. But also, like the scenes where she's at the bottom of the stairs when they first meet in the house, that was that was intimidating. No, Jenny was like she knew she was putting the pressure on. Yeah, but well, she's like, always smarter than everyone in the room. Yeah, I just just to. Make everyone aware. It sounds like we're objectifying her, but I promise we're not. We will go into uh, the character details um, as soon as possible. Just the fact is that I'm only I'm only talking from the viewpoint of my 18, 19 year old self who was just transfixed by her. Anyway, uh, Timothy Oliphant playing Kelly as the unhinged porn producer. He was brilliant in this. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah, brilliant, actually true. brilliant in this. He plays a psychopath in Scream too, and he plays a crazy person in The Crazies. He's just eccentric, so he, I think here he actually has to come down a peg. Yeah, probably. Actually, probably. Yeah. Um, he, he's he was big in TV as well. I don't know if you've watched Deadwood. Yeah, mm, I did. I didn't watch it. No, I haven't watched it. He was great in Deadwood and very good in Justified. Yeah, Justified was the one I'm aware of. He very much he he very much is kind of that 
for me, that the character he plays in Justified is what I kind of remember Timothy Oliphant for. You know, the kind of like, like almost, almost kind of action. Cowboy? Yeah. Do you know what? That's the perfect way of putting it. That kind of, you just, you wouldn't mess with him kind of thing. Yeah. That kind of, or at least you look, you look, he looked like you wouldn't mess with him. You wouldn't mess with him in The Mandalorian either. Yeah. Holy shit. What, you didn't realise it was Oh him, shit! Yeah. No. That, oh my god, yes, of course. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I didn't that, realise he that, was in Deadwood. That kind of character. That's what I'm talking about. That kind of character. That is him all over. Uh, Chris Marquette, criminally underworked. He played bit parts in several mid-2000 favourites of mine, at least, like Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, he was the younger brother in Just Friends, which we were just talking about. Yep, yep. But for me, I'll always see him as Eli. This was a career performance. Eli is the ribald, frenetic energy of this whole film. You know that? You know that type of casting um, or that acting style that kind of fits into like Ryan Reynolds? Um, who is the guy who played... Uh, why can I remember Mr. Fantastic? He, didn't, he did loads of other stuff. He was in War Dogs. He was in... Um, um, what, the, Mr. Fantastic in the original? In the, in, no, 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 in, in the in, one with... Uh, with um, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, isn't that... What's, what's his name? Something Teller. What's his name? Miles Teller. Yeah. Thank you. Miles Teller. That kind of, you know, funny, meant-to-be-sidekick-yet-steals-the-show kind of character. I mean... Chris, Christopher Marquette was, a, that's was a like big... the first one. That is, that is a big statement, Anton, because Miles Teller is, is is in the stratosphere in terms of fame. He is now. Now. Yeah. He is now. But he very much did those type of... Ryan Reynolds was the same. Like, think about it. All these people, all, the, all of those, those type of actors were all kind of side funny parts. And then eventually they were like, oh, crap, those people can act and do quite well. Then they became huge. Ryan Reynolds, Miles Teller. Christopher Marquette for me was one of the first ones. What was Miles Teller in that was, that was funny? He was in Whiplash, which was an, an insanely good performance. He was in... The Spectacular Now, which was also like a, a dramedy, and then he then he went was in Fantastic Four, and then all of a sudden he's in War Dogs and Bleed for this. Have you ever seen Bleed for this? I haven't seen Bleed for this, no. But what was was it? Was it? Uh, was it Twenty One? Was it Twenty One that I saw him in? Oh, Twenty One and Over. Sure yeah, tw- yeah, that is actually Twenty One and Over. Yeah, that is that's a- the one I saw him in. Okay, I remember yeah. thinking that that kind of side funny now. character. Yeah, hundred percent. Forgot about that. The only other person that I wanted to bring up, but I know that you guys will want to bring up the guy from the Warriors, but the only other person I wanted to bring up was Paul Dano. Oh, Clitz. Yeah. Perhaps yeah, the most significant yeah. actor to make a name for himself after this film. <sighs> I mean, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. There will be blood, 12 years a slave, prisoners, and of course, the Riddler. Yeah, exactly. I don't say this often, but he is a once-in-a-lifetime actor. He's so understated in this. Um, and it's crazy to think of what what he's come or what where he kind of rose to now because of mm. and, and like I said, you started his I mean like Clitz barely does anything in this, but I don't know you see you can see flashes of the seriousness in him in in, in the um, in the film. Well, I know for a fact right now, Ian is working out in his head. He's like, Clitz is the Riddler. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not seen the new Batman. What? Are you smoking? Anton, do you not live with him? How have you not got him to see the Batman? I've seen it twice. There you go. The universe is balanced. So. 
<laughs> it's on my to do, you know. Bastard, I, I, had to, I had to meet myself then. It made me fucking cough. <laughs> the universe is balanced. He's <laughs> not seen the Batman. Why? What is your excuse? We have. Sp- the I, thing is, though, we have had so many conversations with all our friends about that. What were you thinking when we were having all those conversations? Earmuffs. And you love Twilight, so I don't understand why you wouldn't go and. See it. <laughs> I love the funny I thing love is this joke that is I've seen Twilight, but I've never actually, never actually. Watched the funny it. thing is this: this Batman is literally you, like, as in you would love this film, you would literally love it. Um, also, I suppose one other guy giving a shout out absolutely loved um, Alonzo Bowden, who was the security guard in the porn place. Oh, yeah, guard, yeah, who I didn't yeah. even know he oh, worked there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought he was just a, some dickhead saying, "Oh, you no know, cameras," or like, "You don't I look just, like a security guard." For me, I, what I didn't understand, and this is going to go through the, 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 the probably the whole film, and we'll, we'll talk about it and touch upon it, upon it later. But it's like no press. Yeah, it's okay. I'm in high school. That's better. <laughs> go about your way, please, with a camera. Dude, you want to no start way, talking about? <laughs> What? What oh yeah, she was one of the. She's uh, one of the. Stores. She's one of the. Uh, oh. Yeah, one of the school school girls. Um, if you want to start, do you want to start early getting into how inappropriate the film is? Bro, when it comes to how teenagers, old, how old is is uh, Danielle? Like, I, it makes zero sense to me. Okay, I have. I do have a theory on how old she is, but um, we'll probably get to the plot. Cool. Let's go. Just uh, a quick check on the title it's the girl next door which is a fairly old colloquial phrase rarely used this side of the pond but we all know what it refers to right it's a primarily uh, stock character used in comedies or dramas yeah they're usually charming modest bang tidy of course perfect girlfriend material so already just the title plays on expectations which i like yeah let's dive into the plot uh, ambitious high school senior matthew kidman has been accepted to georgetown university but cannot afford the tuition. As class president, he has raised $25,000 in order to bring a brilliant Cambodian student, Sam Young, to study... I want to bang that, dude! <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> but otherwise has found little else memorable about his high school experience. His friends, perverted film student Eli, and shy and awkward clits, rebuff his displeasure with their lack of risky behaviour. His life suddenly changes when a young woman, Danielle, moves in next door. When Matthew witnesses her undressing, she sees him and storms over. Introducing herself to his parents, they suggest to Matthew that he show Danielle around town. During that car ride, unfortunately, Danielle coerces him into taking his clothes off and forces him to run naked down the street in revenge. Hmm. Well, firstly, uh, the name Kidman, clearly an oxymoron, and not so slight nod towards that being... This is a coming-of-age comedy about a male Absolutely. teen on the cusp of becoming a man. Great job, guys, with the subtlety. Of course. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of liked when they used to do that. In, you, know, you know, they used to do that loads in films. Stuff like, as someone got more confident or their character improved or grew, they'd even change their clothes. You know, they, they dressed them slightly better and stuff so that you'd see that that person was, was improving and stuff. But nowadays, obviously, in films and stuff, they don't use it that kind of old school things as much mm. sure um, th- this film opens with an in- 
with a montage of high school life in a vacuum. This is how high school was for everyone, right? Except us. I've, I've, I've come to terms <laughs> everyone, with that. Everyone on the on the east side of the Atlantic Ocean. I will say the, the one thing that always throws in American films where I'd have to be like, is it really like that? Is when like the pranks and uh, the wedgies and I'm like, surely kids don't just open. Well, uh, hold on. Let me stop you there, Ian. Okay, I watch American Pie, Clueless, Ten Things I Hate About You, religiously. They all say this is high school. So, are you telling me they're all lying? <laughs> well, there's a film that I very much enjoy where they make wooden cl- like wooden spanking rods. <laughs> Wait, it sounds real wrong. Um, <laughs> what's the film called? Uh, oh, that's good. Freaking! I don't know, but it sounds like a, it sounds. Ben Affleck, ben Affleck was in it. I swear it's a legit film. It's not a weird one. It sounds ben like Affleck a porno high school film. All right, all right, all right. Oh, dazed and confused. Dazed and confused. Oh you shit! Know, yeah. All the seniors like beat up the sophomores, whatever, but they do it with like paddles, and they're only allowed to like spank them. So I think that's that would be my question: is like, is is it actually like that? That is, is that that's that's, that's more of a fraternity. Um, Prank slash, yeah. uh, what yeah, do they that, call it? That tends to be more college and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, pled, pledges gets, yeah. get, we, get paddled. We definitely had like, different social groups, and I think we could probably fit in stereotypes you know, that match the American social-wise, but yeah. um, when it comes to that stuff, it's just like, no, that, was, <laughs> that didn't really happen. I actually remember our senior prank, if you will, um, which obviously wasn't a senior prank, it was a sixth form what prank there was no, they weren't officially titled like like in America but um, uh, the last like week of uni everyone who like had a car we drove all the cars down and basically ended up having like a uh, all down to like the sixth form area all parked the cars and then basically just had like a like a like a car party if that makes sense and some of the teachers actually got in on it as well and were like yeah they were actually pretty impressed by it really I mean yeah did you, Ian? We didn't do anything for us, did we? We went on a boat trip on the Thames. It sucked. Hardly anyone went. <laughs> the thing is, this is um, what I was, my next question was going to be: What are the age of these kids? Is this going from year? No, Americans finished uh, school at eighteen. We, we finished yeah. school at sixteen. Because right, cool. we finished at sixteen and had a, a ten trip, which was fine. But then, if you remember, in six on we actually had alcohol. No, we didn't. Have but don't, no, no, we didn't. No, don't we didn't they... have. We, we had to arrange our own dinner because the school wasn't didn't wasn't interested at all. Yeah, I, mean... I always remember. Didn't seniors wasn't like wasn't like you know the two years of like sixth form wasn't like the first year of sixth form, the final year of high school, mm. and then the, the the second the second year of sixth form was like the first year of college mm. for America. Wasn't it like that? No, no. The the first year of sixth form is is their junior year in high school and the. Second year of sixth form is their senior year in high school. Right, so they probably would have been. They probably would have been older than sixteen then. Yeah, definitely. They'd have yeah, been like, yeah, yeah, they'd been yeah, like eighteen. Like, well, they would have been eight, turning yeah. eighteen. They all would have been turning eighteen. But there's nothing in this film that tells you who's seventeen and who's eighteen. Um, yeah. Look, I'm legally obliged to point out that this podcast is not suggesting, nor has any evidence suggest that American high schools are a breeding ground for future adult entertainment actors, producers, or directors. <laughs> but we also don't have any evidence to suggest the opposite. The opposite, <laughs> absolutely. It may, I mean, um, again, sorry to kind of jump ahead, but, like, freaking Kelly, when he's just, like, 
and I was like, how is he okay? You know, just and again, the fact that they yeah. kind of showed it, they showed it as well. And he was like, oh, you girls are gorgeous. Uh, are you an eighteen? I'm eighteen. I'm almost eighteen. And it's like, this this is the type of shit that would never, never fly on to on film now. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, Kelly is a he's a he's a, he's a troubling character to say the <laughs> least. Absolutely. But, is, not, not even just Kelly, there's a lot of language, especially at the start of this, which I will admit reminds me of the early 90s, but it is definitely some, some troubling. The yeah. beaches are fags. There's, there's loads of stuff. Uh, Ke- Kelly is bad. He's stalking high school grounds and recruiting kids into porn. Like, they don't. They're like, oh, what? You don't want to photograph us? Like, this is just casual yeah, pedo grooming. No, I, I know it literally is just like it's just like casual. Like you said, it is just casual grooming. It's unbelievable. He literally walks into a high school class and kidnaps a kid, and the teacher is just like, absolutely cool. No police record. <laughs> absolutely. What? What? And then has the audacity to tell them to stay in school. <laughs> Honestly. We'll get to that because there could be a bollocks card thrown at some point for that. <laughs> um, sorry, going back to to Matthew, he's deeply dissatisfied with his social life, right? His status as as a quote unquote contemporary American teenager. But this is a this is a school with all the cliches: Letterman jackets, seventeen year olds yep. driving four by fours, kids going crazy because they're about to graduate. And you know, Anton, you it seems like you did like something cool for graduation but even when we graduated sixth form and and when i when we finished uh year 11 uh when we were 16 it was for my school and i don't know if ian agrees we went to the same school but when we finished it was like just another day no one gave a shit we finished at 16 and we were just expected to be absorbed or maybe a better word is assimilated into the workplace Mm, yeah you know no one cared about graduation no one was going crazy that is, that is kind of crazy when you think about it because for us, like I said, it was our our big. In fact, the prank the year before that, when we were no, it wasn't the year before that because the year before that the, the 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 year above us didn't actually do anything. No, no, yes they did. Oh, yes they did. What am I talking about? They TP'd the sixth form building. <laughs> yeah, they TP'd the sixth form building, and some of our Mr. Kane was ahead of sixth form. Thought, yeah, it's pretty funny, but then clearing it up was going to be quite a bitch. So he was a little bit pissed off, but then kind of understood it. So he's like, yeah, like he thought they kind of took it a little bit too far. Um, their year, when they were in year 11, loads of them left, they basically just got eggs and just basically pelted all the rest of the kids. So again, <laughs> um, I remember that as well, because I actually remember trying to catch an egg, but they chucked it so hard, like I, I missed it and it hit my thumb and it was actually like, cut me because it was actually that was actually moving that fast um but that was it so that's why they were quite happy about our one where there was no destruction there was no disrupt damage it was disruptive but it was disruptive at the end of the day like we did it in like the last like two three hours where it didn't really matter anyway um mm-hmm. so they like mr king was like, he actually he was actually like yeah he was actually kind of proud of, of that particular year but um so there was always kind of something but it was never I don't know, school prank, inflatable pig, wedgie in some poor kids. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, nothing on the scale. It was never GBH, basically, or assault, <laughs> or paedophilia. I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just intrigued by the uh, American culture and fascination with graduations. 
you know, because uh, yeah, in yeah. the UK it's so we're, we're we're reserved by nature. It's our oh, yeah, part of what makes you British. Like, no one gives a shit about that kind of stuff. So Matthew's a student body president, which is a big in the states. Do, I think the UK equivalent is like head prefect. Well, he's, he's, he's student council president, isn't he? So that's 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 like that's head of student council. That's that. I mean, is that like head of student really, union? Yeah, pretty much. That's it's a it's a big thing. Well, so yeah, he's big in the game, and you can see that yeah. part of what drives him is not that he wants to be such a superstar; that it's almost expected of him. Mm. I mean, I, right in the right from the beginning, I, I ask. I think the the question that's asked of the audience is: this what he wants, or is this the side effect of being a son of the parents and the parents' friends that he hangs around? They hang around with. I mean, they are all stuffy as fuck. No wonder it's rubbed off on him at school. Yeah, yeah, they're all puritanical, having uh, you know these conversations where none of them want to talk about sex, none of them want to talk about what teenagers are really experiencing, pretending like they were never teenagers themselves. Just very strict and censorous attitude. In a weird way, I think that's probably one of the big things. And obviously, again, this is to kind of cut ahead, but I think that's probably one of the big themes about this particular film. It's one of the big themes about this film um, that almost. It's shied away from, and if you were just open about it and just spoke, spoke and spoke about it, it could actually be quite educational. All the conversations that happen with adults in this film act like adults do not understand that their children are going to grow up and have sex. Yeah. This film, you know, at the beginning, you see that he Matthew does a lot for the school. Uh, I think a really hilarious part is bringing in a Cambodian kid who is a celebrity in waiting, as all these kids seem to get a kick out of him. Better cure cancer, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, you know, today twenty five k is not much. Today you could use that. You could probably use Indiegogo or GoFundMe. Yeah, exactly. And raise that money in minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think it, what the the film tries to say is he's raising money to bring this Cambodian kid to America, but can't afford to go to Georgetown himself. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's a good way uh, of getting us to sympathise with him. Yeah, definitely. interesting. And it kind of shows. Well, I, ahead, I ahead, never bro. realized how poor he was or like the, what the difference was between what he's earning. I never thought that he couldn't afford to go to Georgetown just because of the size of his fucking house. Oh, mate, that's average. It's different. Yeah, his house is but average. I was like, um, the only thing that made me think like, oh, he hasn't got a lot of money was his car. Other than that, I was like, dude, this dude seems loaded. I don't know what the problem is. But, yeah, that's pretty much, that is pretty much a standard house in America, but then at the same time, standard costs for college in America are just unbelievable. You either send your kid to college or you eat. So yeah, Matthew, he daydreams about skipping school and heading out with all the cool kids. And we get that crazy dream sequence where he's being chased by the cop. Can we talk, can we please talk about how great that scene is? Lauren jumped out of her seat. Can I just say, can I just say, if you pause the film at 9 minutes and 53 seconds... This is how this is how impre- this is how much I love the scene. If you pause the the, the screen uh, the screen at nine minutes and fifty three seconds, you see the head explode before it even hits the windshield. <laughs> there is a gust of blood that releases from his head before it even goes through the windshield. You can then pause slowly and just skip forward at like half a second as the head connects with the glass, then shatters. <laughs> it, it is one of the greatest like like. 
the way they incorporated that from nowhere, it was just unbelievable. I love that scene. <laughs> I wonder what the Motion Picture Association of America said when they saw that. They probably did it knowing that like violence has to be on the screen for more than like a split second in order oh. for the, in order for it to be an 18 or a 15 or whatever cuz like that was brutal that was crazy that was crazy absolutely nuts and i didn't i really didn't i thought the film was going a completely different direction so i realized he was dreaming yeah it's it, you um, know like i forgot sorry Ian, so go ahead it was it was relatable because I I think when I was young I was always nervous of doing stuff especially doing things in the wrong and that's the kind of fantasies that you would sort of go to you, you take just to exploding a place worst in case scenario absolutely as a kid you just think yeah. worst case scenario so it's I I forgot about it so when I watched it you know for two seconds I was just like wait wh- wh- wait where does it, where is this going <laughs> I, I, I thought the girl next door was going to end up being like his cellmate <laughs> oh. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, it's such a good scene. Yeah. It just comes from nowhere. So we meet the tripod, and the tripod is Matthew and his friends Clitz and Eli. Uh, Eli gets a little bit of backstory after you know we, we find out that he wants to be a film director, but we don't know much about Clitz. Who would you say you were most like at that age, out of the three of them? <sighs> that is a great question. I think Clitz, probably. Yeah, Ian, you were definitely Clitz. I've seen your schlong. It's massive. <laughs> Boom. Um, I think I could be like Eli at that age, but with one big difference, that I respected boundaries. Or other people's boundaries, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, probably, if, I had to, if I had to choose one again, it would yeah, be the same Eli, but just nowhere near as into the porn and the... Oh, no, I'm with no, him. To be fair, the, the, brush, the brushness, the brushness, probably, yes, I've got me. I probably did have elements of that. But again, within reason, because my dad would whoop my ass. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that kind of forwardness yeah. in a weird way. Although, although because because here's the funny thing: Eli is actually quite. It's it's almost like a shield for Eli. You know what I mean? Like he's a it's a front, really. He's actually quite as timid as the rest of them, but just hides it. Yeah. Un, un, until until he doesn't hide it. <laughs> I don't think Matthew probably comes across as the least authentic. Uh, character. I don't know any many Matthews. I think it's more. I think it's more the fact that he. I kind of. I knew quite a few Matthews in terms of the fact that they were very much kind of sh- straight laced, straight A's. But then, they kind of wanted to break out from that stereotype. I'm not sure. I. I. I mean, I was an in betweener. I, I don't. I'd say that I could. I could be Eli, and I could not. Like, sometimes I could be Clitz. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, 100% wasn't it? I wasn't in between, definitely. What, what would you say, Ian, about... what? What? Who would I have been? Probably Eli. To some degree, you're probably a mix between um, Eli and the main character. Matthew. <laughs> like, I don't even know. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, Matthew Neely. You're somewhere in between, just because I think a lot of the stuff we did, you definitely put a lot of pace on. You definitely weren't shy of, like, making things happen. So, um, yeah, that's fair. But I still had no, I don't, yeah, I could do all that and I could be loud, but uh, I still had no game. I didn't have any game. I didn't, I had no mystery about me. And that was, that's probably, yeah, true to Eli. That's, that's, yeah, it, it, it's the age you're at, though. That's when you're learning yeah. stuff, right? Unless yeah. you 
one of the really early starters. But yeah. it's funny because, like I said, even Eli himself, like it, like again, the whole the beaches, the beaches of fags. That was blatantly just. I'm, I need to protect myself. I'm quite, I'm quite scared yeah. to do that. So again, the reason why Eli is so relatable is because you can understand his mindset, where it's like, yeah, he wants to watch porn and have sex and just needs to bang something. But at the same time, he's quite scared to kind of get out there because all of us had that apprehension at some point. Do you know what I mean? I think that's why he's just probably one of the one. He's probably a more relatable character in a weird way, even though he's quite out there. So yeah, Matthew has spent a lot of time trying to get the genius Sum Young to America, and I want to try and look at Sum Young objectively. I think stereotyping anyone according to their race, their color, their creed, gender is reprehensible. But here, these kids aren't ripping on Sum Young because he's from Southeast Asia. They are far too ignorant for that. This is an exaggerated version of how teenagers would react in 2005. The ignorance of them, they literally see him as some kind of exotic property that they can poke and prod and be amused and intrigued by. Of course that's terrible, but I think that is unfortunately exactly how he would have been received in real life. I think even then, if they were going to get some young over he very much would be the kid that would get picked on so the fact that he was actually almost put in a pedestal was almost a bit for me like a juxtaposition where it was like even the jocks were like yeah some young when really some young came over or someone some young was born there and grew up there he would very much be the kid that they'd be wedging at the end of the school year and at the same time it is the unfortunate truth of i don't know capitalism or the world that um, America has more opportunities for these smart kids in these particular countries. Um, and the chances of them coming over to America are minuscule, if anything at all. But I, in a weird way, quite like the fact that they did see Sum Young as a celebrity. I think, um, yeah, I think they're in the initial reaction. When he got there, it'd be like a cat string theory. Now that they've got him, they'd be like, oh, you're just not like us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and What's the, the is, juice, worse the squeeze. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But with Sam Young, I've read people said that the interpretation of what um, the Cambodian kid could be like was a tad racist. But to me, I'm thinking he's coming in from Cambodia. And by the look of that village he's in, it's not Phnom Penh. I've been there. It's not like that. It looks like any number of rural areas in Cambodia where the poverty rate is about 85%. Uh, yeah, and poverty yeah. there really means poverty. So he would be so fucking excited to get a chance yeah, to come to America. Absolutely. And would have zero idea of what would be expected of him. As absolutely. in con- conforming to American teenage standards, he wouldn't know any of it. Wouldn't know the style, the yeah, manner, exactly. the attitude, the poise. So I think that was legit. Although I must say, teaching yourself calculus is impossible if you don't already know algebra or geometry or trigonometry without without a textbook i was like what did he use because he sure shit didn't use the internet (laughs) (laughs) so yeah good storytelling tour though to show you that matthew has um an effect on his school and one that's well received uh uh, deserving of the scholarship that he's been putting for so yeah Uh, yeah he's been putting for a scholarship but no one knows he exists only the only people that know that he exists are undesirables in his teenage mindset or POV. He wants the cool kids to know he exists. He wants girls to know he exists. You know, the only people that know he exists are the ones that hang out with his parents and the school principal. Yeah, but he, his work is recognised. Is what I'm getting at. Uh huh. Good for him. 
Yeah. So, oh, 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 oh. 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 Sorry. <laughs> you know, this whole thing, the girl, the, the girl next door's moved in. Matthew's uh, been sneaking a peek at her like any 17-year-old horny teenage pervert would. And she's now uh, come to his house. Uh, she's seen him, of course. The parents are none the wiser. She says she'd like to be shown around town, so Matthew takes her, and then she is able to manipulate him into taking off his clothes and running naked through the street. Let's see Let's see what the next passage uh, reveals. So, Matthew and Danielle bond through a series of flirtatious dares. At a raucous party thrown by a classmate, Matthew finally finds the courage to kiss Danielle. The following day, Matthew Matthew's reverie is shattered when Eli informs him that Danielle is a former adult film actress. Um, at 17 years old, could one of the hottest, and I mean that in two distinct ways, porn stars in your atmosphere have moved in next door to you and you not instantly recognise her? Yeah. Really? I've got to say yeah on that one. Yeah, I can't, I can't say yeah. In that day, yeah. I know yeah, this was a microcosm star. in time where the internet wasn't entrenched, but things were still... Maybe things were still regional and you might not know about something because social media hadn't got big. There was, when I used to work in Asda, there was actually a porn star who used to come in who I had no idea. Saw her every, God, I think what? It was every Tuesday night. She'd come what? in at like 9.30. I'd notice her, but I had no idea she was a porn star and it wasn't until one time someone... Yeah, we're not talking about Babe Station here. Yeah, but this, this if I remember, the internet back in the times of this wasn't that huge. This yeah. was like when you were downloading from fucking... I don't even remember what it was. Big Torrent, bro. Right. LimeWire. And Morpheus. Li- LimeWire as well. LimeWire, Morpheus, uh, FrostWire. FrostWire, yeah. I mean, these are all things I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Before he finds out she's a porn star, obviously he's enjoying her. It feels good when you have someone pushing you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Someone who sees yeah. the potential in you. Yeah. Uh, but is on a completely different stratosphere of you both psychologically and socially it's happened to me exactly one time but it's something that is only good for a certain period of your life once you become who you're meant to be it becomes more about finding the one who shares those ideals yeah yeah but that's youth for you yeah like me and lauren don't push each other outside our comfort zones because we fell for each other's comfort zones comfort zones exactly yeah we're happy with our zone but when you're young you're afraid of living as much as you are afraid of dying and I remember that time, Ian, remember that time we were in Bournemouth for the weekend, but had to go back on Sunday for a sociology study group? Yeah. <laughs> this was yeah, during A-levels. You told me about this, yeah. So you remember the girl I met on the bus in yeah. when we were on our way into town, and she invited me to a party at hers that Sunday night. We were flirting, she touched my leg, she was the fittest girl I'd ever seen. I didn't go. I went back to school. I felt bad for letting... I, I mean, I felt... I'd be letting myself down if I didn't turn up for class. Mm-hmm. Well, to, um, to, to quote the movie, remember, um, I didn't go with it. Do you remember what the, uh, <laughs> the guy running the lesson said to you when you told him that? You know, if I was you, I'd have stayed. I can't offer you anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Mr. Reed. Yeah. This girl was like, oh, I'm, I'm meeting my friends in town tonight. Uh, it's for my friend's birthday, but I really want to get to know you a bit more. Uh, you got. You should come. You and your friend should come to my house tomorrow. And I just bottled it. I just completely thought, no, I've got, 
That was a Matthew Kidman moment, 100%. I think we've all had times like that. I can't, I can't, not, not, I can't think at the moment in my head exactly, but you know, it's just, it was just so strangely reminiscent. And I think that's one of the charms of this film. It just, there are certain things where you can pick out what, re, re, what relates to you, even if there aren't parts that, even if there wasn't always, even if it wasn't the whole film. Do you know what I mean? I think what this film does right off the bat, which is one of the reasons why I like it and one of the reasons why I'm going to praise it. There's a small tinkering with the formula here. Usually it takes the whole movie to find out what... When, when, in, a, in a rom-com or any kind of romance film, it usually takes the movie to find out what the guy needs to do to get the girl. But here, he gets the girl in the first act, but now must understand why he got her in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good twist on the... You know, it's usually someone chasing a girl for a whole film and she doesn't realise that she likes him until the very yeah. end and then they yeah. all live happily ever after. They basically, it's, what I quite like about the film is it's like a classic rom-com where, like you said, he finds out what, what, what the difference was in him that got her. But that's all done in, like, like you said, like the first half of the film. Then it switches to almost your classic couple versus a bad guy. Then it, and then it switches to the smart kid who outwits everyone and then succeeds. To the fact that what he's learnt from her and moving outside his comfort zone is what he uses to then outwitting of the bad guy in the end. Actually, some people might see this film as irresponsible by saying, what's the worst thing that can happen if a kid um, you know, misses school because he's got a porn star girlfriend? But yeah. what was the worst thing that could have happened to me if I'd have missed that sociology class? <laughs> And what's the best thing that could have happened to me? Like, yeah. why wouldn't I take a chance? My life hadn't started yet. I didn't have to yeah. worry about repercussions. Yeah. I think that's the, the pressure of the age, though, isn't it? Because it's like GCSE, you only get to take it once. You know, all your studies up to that age is just, you know, this is what's going to make you. And I think that re- that pressure is very real for a lot of people. On Eli's advice, Matthew takes Danielle to a motel and treats her coolly. Danielle, insulted, abruptly ends their relationship. Matthew attempts to apologise, but Danielle decides to return to the adult industry. Matthew, Eli and Clitz go to an adult film convention in Las Vegas where Kelly, an adult film producer and Danielle's ex-boyfriend, menacingly warns Matthew not to interfere with his business. Matthew ignores him, convincing Danielle to leave her past behind. Enter Kelly. I love how he befriends Matthew and mentors him at first. Exactly. Exactly. I thought that as well. There's another fresh take on that agitator role. You usually find out that she has a boyfriend, the father is a or the father is really strict, or someone just wants to cut him out. You know, that that trope. But Kelly wants to bring him in. Yeah. I think it, it goes to show how well Kelly is a controlling people and you can tell that that's what he does. That is his job. Yeah. Even to the point where he's even in control of uh, every sentence, every word, body language, like a really commanding presence when he wants to. Be. I think they. I agree. I mean, that's a stu- an astute observation. But I look. I'm not trying to be a Kelly apologist or wishing for him to be in my life in any way. But I kind of wish somebody had come along and told me you're doing it all fucking wrong. You know, you're too nice, too predictable. You need a little bit of mystery, a bit of edge. You don't get a lot of mentors like that at that age. I mean, you could have an older brother. I have an older brother, and he's cool as hell, but he was he was a gentleman. Um, yeah. 
And my mum was concerned with me and my brother being gentlemen first, you know, upstanding, courteous, warm, because that's what she wanted at her age, not what girls were looking for at my age. Mm. So at this age, my go-to would have been pitifully predictable, you know, by the book, pedestrian. And Kelly's trying to tell him that. There's a, there's a, there's a theme that runs through this film, and it's probably the biggest theme that runs through the film, that not everyone and everything is what it seems. That is the theme through absolutely everything. Clits, quiet as hell, gigantic penis. <laughs> Hugo looks like um, the the bad guy. Um, basically, like almost looks like the bad guy, Godfather or something. Ends up being quite best business partner. Yeah. Kelly, perfect example. Um, looks like the psychotic, raging ex-boyfriend, porn star directing um, sycophant, but actually ends up being, like he says, like like um, Matthew says at the end, the student advisor. Look, there's more than one way to do things. Elish, um, Danielle, porn star, who actually has the heart of gold. Matthew, who, your, your all-American good standard boy and then realises his journey is about finding what it is, is in him that isn't the obvious. And the fact that he actually does have it in him to be able to stand for what he believes and loves. Everything is all about that. Do you know what I mean? And that's the, the kind of the running theme through the whole film. And I think that's why, in a weird way, even when even when Kelly is like the the um, antagonist, you still kind of think, I kind of get where he's coming from. Do you know what I mean? I do kind of get where he was coming from. Yeah. In, in a way, not in his grooming um, teenagers and uh, oh, high school oh, yeah, grounds. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, he takes Matthew under his wing, uh, which is completely well, not what we're expecting. We're expecting him to immediately uh, be a, a, a cock block. I mean, maybe he is, but he's also... Matthew likes it. Matthew is intrigued. He's spellbound by this older guy who's showing him how to be cool. Uh, he takes Matthew to a strip club because, you know, that's a Chekhov location in a teen comedy about sex. But, you know, what's, what's happening in this act is we've been in Matthew's world. This girl next door has come into his world. Now she's dragging him into his world, into her world and Kelly's world. And it's completely different and the rules are different. Did, did we ever agree on how old we think Danielle is? Yeah, oh, this was the... Yeah. She's got to be like 20, right? 20, 19, I was like 20. 20. I feel like 20. It had to be like 20. Because it's America, I'm always like, she she has to be 21. She could drink. Uh, What, legally? Yeah, because remember they went to the bar and she was was like, like, they were like, two, two whatever. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh. um, I mean, she could have had a fake ID. Long had a nice tea or some shit. So she's got to be 21. Like, the thing is, I I think that's our rationale of being like, yes, she has to be 21. It's like, Man, they, they, if we wanted, like, if you go dark into this film, she probably could have been recruited at 18 or, like, signed mm-hmm. up at 18. And then the alcohol probably wasn't an issue either. It's just. Because, because you still look at her at that point and you're just thinking, God damn. <clears throat> it, it, it's a, a good um, benchmark for how young could you be attracted to. It, mm. Like, any girl who is not above university age comes across as a child to me. So 21 and over is my limit. Luckily, Eliza Cuthbert was about 23 here. But you, it's like, you watch these films in a vacuum, and then you go back to them years later, and you're like, holy shit, this character is like 20 years younger than me. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the things that's been great of going back and watching these films, though, is like, because we was watching this when we were, we must have been the age of the characters, right? Yeah, we were young ourselves, yeah. So like watching it, it was like, oh, you know, 
head over heels for, for Eliza. Uh, Eliza. Not Elijah Dushku, but I know you liked her as well. <laughs> no, in faith. Cuthbert. Um, Cuthbert. But um, looking back now, I definitely, I feel like it, it's aged with me and I do look like I'm watching school kids. It is, I feel like, uh, not that I relate to Kelly, but I definitely sort of think that I have a better understanding of Kelly's view of what the fuck is going on with all these kids. It, and it's just... Here's the funny like, thing. I do, and, I'm, and I agree with you with that, but that's, what, that's one of the reasons why, in some ways, Kelly annoys the fuck out of me. Because it's just like, you girls ever models? Bro, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Do you yeah. know what I mean? You prick. Because Matthew's a dick to her, she realises, or she, she comes to this uh, fallacy realisation that she's not worthy of being a, a normal girl and decides to go back to porn. I mean, she's obviously flip-flopping because she, she quit porn really quickly and then decided to go back to it really quickly just because one kid that she's known for five minutes, you know, thought she was a slag. But um, anyway, she goes back to porn and Matthew chases her. And uh, I think this porn convention that he chases her to is a nice sequence but it is a bit by the numbers. You can imagine the writers would sit down and say, what are all the things you'd expect from a comedy where the main guy is after a porn star? Well, first thing is either crash a porn shoot or crash a porn convention. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> did not have much in the way I watched this, to be fair? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it kind of so many ways. Yeah. Turns out her stage name is Athena, which to mm. me sounds like she was a gladiator. Yeah, but obviously, but that, that would obviously be, that's obviously based off the uh, Greek goddess. Because Ares was the god of war, but Athena was strat- tactician. She was a master tactician. Which, whoa, in a weird way, actually kind of makes sense for the film because she was always the smartest person in the room, like you said. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Never thought about that. Well, there you go. Um, that is probably a hidden Easter egg. Uh, yeah. So... What's funny is that she quit the industry, but within a moment, within a moment's notice, they had her poster up all over that fucking convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like without, like, without an issue, and right. and every and she had loads of fans there. Isn't like porn one of the like forward, like leading um, technology developers and stuff like that? Doesn't most technology and things get developed by the porn? In, what, well, you tell us, Ian. It's a bit creative. <laughs> but, uh, I'm pretty sure there's some stuff like uh, that hasn't been done before where the amount of money that goes into this industry, I'm pretty sure they're forward. So for them to get a poster together. I, I know. I'm not saying that they couldn't get a poster out. together. I just mean they they clearly were expecting her to be there even though she made the decision, you know, within... Yeah. 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 If, 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 the, if my... First of all, she'd be in breach of contract because obviously a new film had just been released and she's probably contractually obligated to promote it. Yeah. Anyway, she. I, with her going back though, I definitely felt like when when she said like she doesn't fit there, it was very much like I get it. Like I I can't be normal after this life, especially at that age. Yeah. I think making someone question yourself or question what you do, you definitely take it a lot more to heart. Well, they never give us any indication of how she got into it. Yeah. Is she from a? Well, she can't be from a, a bad uh, background because her the next she's next door na- her family are next door neighbours to the Kidmans. 
So it's not like yeah. she was well, raised in yeah. South Central or Eight Mile or well, anything. Her, her auntie's in there. We all know we've got. You can have family in very different places over, over everywhere. And the very fact that they, they walk in and he's like, N- n- "Press no high school cool." You you <laughs> yeah. enjoy you enjoy walking around with that camcorder. Well, look, there's not like under, being being underage and filming women. What? Like, let's, let, let, well, let's let's play devil's advocate here. Uh, there's no live sex happening at the show. They're not. They're not viewing a porn film. It's just a convention. Mm. I, I think where people, make, where, people where, people, where people make out are incredibly suggestive, because we did see that shit that, that was in the film. I think they work backwards with the problem on that, and that's why it seems so janky. If they're like, we need these kids to say they're from a high school to a security guard or friend or because they're like setting up the later jokes mm-hmm. it's like mm, yeah. why would you tell someone you're in high school yeah. you're just going to yeah. come out of it so they I would imagine that's you know you also got to remember they recruit straight out of high school <laughs> apparently so seemingly so it's just funny yeah. that like yeah we're directors and really, as soon as they what see have, clips... what, have, what, have you, what have you done is like your kids <laughs> yeah once they see clips of Schlong though true he's in true yeah. true I mean, as much as we're saying, like, them saying their director's not believing it, at the end of the film, they are directors. Well, at least one of them's a director. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And one's a star. Yeah, it's all self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, We meet Hugo Posh. It's funny, because at that point, you're probably still a little bit more on Kelly's side, even though you kind of disagree with what he's doing with Danielle. But then Hugo just has this air of... If Kelly's a dick, this guy is a raging dick. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? To the point where he has a dick trophy. Yeah. The scene comes to its conclusion where Matthew throws caution to the wind. Again, he defies Kelly's advice. Uh, Kelly, at this point, really shows a little bit more of his true colours. He's frustrated, and again, I'm not quite sure I disagree with his frustration. He's, in, he's, about, he's trying to make a deal happen right now, and it's not like he's dragged her along kicking and screaming. She's there of her own... It's 30 grand, right? And someone's just yeah, there, man. just like, yeah, just don't do it. Don't get 30 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's not anything you haven't done already. So yeah. why wouldn't you round yeah. thirty grand? Yeah. So, so so Matthew interrupts the impromptu talk and he puts that paper in her hand that she drew of herself earlier in the film. What does this say about the porn industry? You're when he says you're better than this. Um, maybe you respect her career choice. She's it's not getting funny paid you for sex. That. She's getting paid to perform a role in a movie where sex is happening. It's funny you mentioned that because I remember I I remember thinking. Is is this sending out a bad message about porn? And here's the funny thing: is is there? This is this may sound a little bit holier than now, but but can you send out a bad message about porn considering what porn is about? It's funny because it, I just remember thinking: it's like, do you, I? I think you're pretty much just taking this film for its for its own microcosm and more speaking about her situation than porn as as this industry but is she ashamed of what she does i don't think so she may be weary of how people react to the news but is she actually Mm. ashamed of her career she doesn't seem ashamed for it as much as she believes that she wants to get get out she's looking to like you said create her her own story or be a different person well look would i date would i date a porn star probably not if she was still active because i'd get Mm. crazy jealous and intimidated Mm. but an ex-porn star? Well, I certainly wouldn't make her feel like shit about it. Exactly. And I think it's an arbitrary piece of advice. He doesn't know anything about her work. She's only better than this because he wants her for himself. 
Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one because, again, it's, you can tell that the fact that she left it meant, like you said, she didn't necessarily, she wasn't necessarily kind of ashamed of it, but at the same time, did want to did want to blaze her own path, and it wasn't mm. with porn. So he knows that now, and is well aware of that. And yes, it is obviously motivated by the fact that he wants her for himself, but at the same time, what, what that about is people what that she wants make well. make. Uh, legitimate Hollywood films where there is unsimulated sex scenes. Well, that's not porn, though, is it? But it's only not porn because we say it's not porn. It's still penises and vaginas and it's happening on the screen. You know, like, uh, what I'm saying is that porn has a a stigma attached to it, of course, but it's legal and it's a profession and you maybe not go up to the girl that you profess to love and say, you're a skank for doing this. It's funny because, like I said, it's one of those things where if you look at it from a deeper meaning, it's like, are you talking about the porn industry? Like, so, but you literally have to just kind of take it for just that film because, again, in my opinion, it would be wrong to okay. Well, disrespect. Me, what about a stripper? Industry on that. Obviously, a stripper is not selling her body uh, for sex, but then neither is a porn star. But she is stripping. She's getting her boobs out for money. She's getting her kit off and enticing people as a job. Is that? something that should be looked down upon or you know a lot of strippers as we know we know strippers do it because it's good money and they're actually paying for their hugely expensive education i think it's one of those things where like i said i don't think it's it is more about their their situation that was a micro it's very much a microcosm it's not a it's not a message board as to the porn industry itself it's very much where because let's say at the end of the day porn quite literally saved the day hugo mate dude, dude porn has made that guy a don you know, this movie suggests that porn is low end and it's a grubby industry, but the influence the porn industry has had on technology is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, like, I know, like, loads of development, especially, like, video and stuff like that. I think they've done um, 3D, HD. I didn't, I've not even dis- defined certain elements of, of the way, like, media has been released. Like, yeah, didn't well, they kill off Betamax? Was that right? It killed, it killed off Betamax. What? Yeah, yeah. It put, yeah. Basically, we wouldn't have... VHSs would never have taken off like they did if it wasn't for the porn industry. Yeah, and the internet is... Porn owns the internet, let's it, just say. I, it I swear I remember seeing a statistic. Like, the th- like, isn't it like a third of everything on the internet is porn? Absolutely. Something, t- something egregious like that. <laughs> in 2001, there, were, there was about 70,000 adult websites in existence. Today, there are 4.2 million in the US alone. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, it's insane when you've got stuff like uh, apps and all that being used now. So, like, people making money off OnlyFans. So, all you need is a phone and an app. Yeah, pretty much. In essence, and it, it, yes, unfortunately, it is through objectification. And to be fair, there's a lot to be said now for the fact that how many of them actually coming through are, are now becoming almost kind of porn and kind of media moguls in their own right, like Lisa Ann, for example, where the women are obviously completely outpay the men. And it's the only industry where that happens. And yes, for through, uh, through objectification, and obviously... In terms of kind of the people at the top, that maybe the majority maybe men, but even now a lot of women are kind of coming through, representing themselves more and representing more of what from the from the from the other angle and the other lens as well. So it's weird how it's probably the most forward industry in terms of gender pay and the gap. Hey, than uh, any other. 
as well. There's no denying that, and I and I think people hate to admit that. Exactly. One of the big changes is like because I'm sure before like porn actors probably I imagine you you have to do it through like a director or a company to get paid. But now it's like as soon as you get out there and you can contact your fans or like have that interaction, it must just be like there's so much more money and people just like Twitch. But like I don't know what the porn version of Twitch is, but there must be one where it's like people just give money to you directly. I'm sure only they fans. have that. They Pretty much absolutely kill it. OnlyFans is a huge one. People make. People, people make I just I, I, I just read that uh, a former Emmerdale actress gets seven hundred k a year stripping on OnlyFans. You know, another thing about the innovation aspect is that we wouldn't have online payments if it weren't for the X-rated movie business. Really? What? It started the whole thing. Yeah, I believe it. They, they, no one would invest in the technology, uh, and then people on porn sites were really hammering for discrete payments because you couldn't really. Like if you sent in a check or if you I go to your bank and set up a payment. Exactly. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like to set up a standing order, please. Discrete, discrete, discrete payment for so come guzzling sluts. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! Weekly, weekly, please. <laughs> Not monthly. Did did we ever agree on how old we think Danielle is? Yeah, oh, this was good. Yeah. She's got to be like 20, right? 20, 19, I would like 20. I feel like 20. It had to be like 20. Yeah. Well, because no, it's America. No, 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 I'm always no, no, like, she, she has drink. to be 21. She could drink. Uh, What, legally? Yeah, because remember they went to the bar and she was, she was like, he was like, they were like, two, two whatever. Oh, yeah. And Maybe. he was like, oh. Um, I mean, she could have had a fake ID. Long had a nice tea or some shit. So she's got to be 21. Like, the thing is. I think that's our rationale of being like, yes, she has to be 21. It's like, man, they, they if, if we wanted, like, if you go dark into this film, she probably could have been recruited at 18 or, like, signed mm. up at 18. And then the alcohol probably wasn't an issue either. It's just... Because, because you still look at her at that point and you're just thinking, God damn. <clears throat> it, it, it's a, a good um, benchmark for how young could you be attracted to like any girl who is not above university age comes across as a child to me so 21 and over is my limit luckily Eliza Cuthbert was about 23 here but it's like you watch these films in a vacuum and then you go back to them years later and you're like holy shit this character is like 20 years younger than me yeah that's that's one of the things that's been great of going back and watching these films though is like because we was watching this when we were we must have been the age of the characters right yeah we were pretty young ourselves yeah so like watching it it was like oh you know Head over heels for for Eliza, uh, Eliza. not Elijah Dushku, but I know you liked her as well. <laughs> no, in faith, Cuthbert, um, Cuthbert. But um, looking back now, I definitely I feel like it, it's aged with me, and I do look like I'm watching school kids. It is. I feel like uh, not that I relate to Kelly, but I definitely sort of think that I have a better understanding of Kelly's view. Of what the fuck is going on with all these kids, it, and it's just. Here's the funny like, thing, I do, and, I'm, and I agree with you that. But that's what that's one of the reasons why, in some ways, Kelly annoys the fuck out of me because it's just like, you girls ever models, bro? What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, you prick. Days later, an enraged Kelly abducts Matthew from school and physically assaults him, saying that he cost him thirty grand. 
Kelly offers to let Matthew erase his debt by stealing an award from his former partner, Hugo Posh. Once Matthew enters the house, Kelly calls the police and leaves. Matthew narrowly escapes and rushes to an important scholarship award dinner. High on ecstasy that Kelly tricked him into taking, he improvises a sentimental speech. Although he endears himself to Danielle, he does not win the scholarship. That scene of him at that banquet. Oh, it's a show stealer. Every like young, I'm gonna put it out there, yeah, like young Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hundred <laughs> percent. He nailed. Like I thought, I know Emil Hirsch can act and stuff, but to flip and just be like, mm. he nailed it. I, I just, I love you, Clitzy. <coughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, when he's like, and I can't quote JFK. Can I, bro? Can I, Ryan? <laughs> so well, it's, it's like, it's, I love, I love the. Fuck, I can't speak a foreign language. <laughs> and I can't oh, quote JFK so, now. It's Can so I, well, it's so well done. Isn't there a bit where he's like, where they they say hello, and he's like, hmm. oh, it's just <laughs> everything. It's the dancing when he's looking at that tie, and he just, yeah. <laughs> he just rubs, just rubs on it. It's, oh, it's oh, so, so well done. When it's he unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> off screen. Man, yeah. it's, here's the big papa. It's so good to see you. <laughs> well, oh, it's, it's, uh, that scene killed me. This this whole thing though is full of a load of adults looking at a kid being like, he's definitely on ecstasy. Yeah. I reckon a good like, Yo, 60, for real. percent of this room's like, yeah, this. It's a. I'm I'm really enjoying the film. I'm enjoying this podcast, but I'm giving throwing a bollocks card. For exactly what Anton said at the beginning, a kid was just abducted from a classroom. Yeah, to fair, you could, we could we could give a lot of bollocks to this film. And yeah, but that one I'm just not... takes the case. That one is yeah. I mean, he literally it's walks egregious. into the classroom and just it just adopts like abducts a kid, and it's just like, mate, APB out on that bitch, hundred percent. APB, that's the word I was looking for. Straight up, mate. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, Kelly is an yeah. asshole. He yeah. uh, at this point it's it's he has a bully mentality like in a weird way it was because of his endearing qualities in the first where he's like I actually tried to just be friendly about it do you mm. know what I mean he's like but now you're just fucking with my business so if you want to act like an adult you yeah. get treated like an adult well this is where I'm gonna this is where I'm gonna play devil's advocate and I'm gonna say when he punches Matthew surely some must agree that this is just the consequences of one action's coming home to roost. So, yo, this, it's not like, oh, you, 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 I don't know, stole my freaking phone or you brought, that's 30 grand. Yeah, you just cost me 30 People make, grand. don't make 30 grand in a life, in, in, in a year. And you did Do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, you didn't think of the consequences. And the line is, friends don't fuck with each other's business. Businesses. Do we and agree or disagree? Just, and it's not even just that as well. It's also the fact it's like, this is 30 grand, but then the impact of that is like, cool, my one client doesn't show up to takes. How bad is that going to be in the industry? Mm. Now, the one client that I have is no longer a client. The, the execution, yeah. But then at the same time, he is a porn director in like a shady town, whatever you want to put it. So like those methods are probably absolutely normal for them. You, you don't get that high by not doing some shady shit. Yeah. <laughs> Agree. I mean, it's it's a bit ridiculous the size of the fucking pot of ecstasy he brings out as well. Yeah, so, wait, I was just like, who, just who has them in a, in a medicated bottle? 
We can't even see. buy paracetamol in Do fucking mean? bottles like that. He's not just he's not just abducted a minor, but he's fucking drugged him and assaulted him. him. Not that I'm an expert on MDMA or Molly or ecstasy, uh, whatever you want to call it, but I know enough people and have seen enough people on it to know that the effects do not last as long as it does in the film. We're talking maximum four hours, and the award ceremony is like later that evening. Yeah, even a big hit wouldn't wouldn't have Matthew still feeling all loved up by this point. But it's a movie. I'll let it go. What I uh, what I won't let go is the blowjob proposition. Oh my god, that was. I thought that's did, the first time you, you I ever sucked a dick for crack. Is <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's like again, there's so much, and this is all part of these. This is all part of the stuff where there's certain things now you just wouldn't. If anything, that was probably more. That's probably more a gritty take than it would be a uh, yeah. a uh, fun one, if that makes sense. But I think, at the same time, it was it was so funny because it was just like you, you you think you care about it. okay, go on, prove it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh shit, you gotta step up, uh, bro. I think again, it fits his manipulation skills. Yeah, like absolutely. Assaulting you in every fucking way possible mm. without you know like just. Not to mention the fact that it surely made getting a trophy seem far easier. The bird was fucking real, right? So no, a f- no, no. The bird flight, like the what, the one flight, the one, the one on the on the perch and the one flying is real. The one on the actual like hair, as in like what was attacking his hair, that wasn't real. No. But yeah, the bird that was actually sat there and the bird that flew initially, where you know, the, basically, basically all the scenes where it's just the bird is actually is actually a real bird. Do you, do you think they were disappointed in filming where they couldn't get the actual bird to attack him? It's like, can we get it to fly at him? Like, <laughs> at least hit him. On him. And they're just like, no. Can you train one? No. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you mad? It's a parrot. There you go, the balls. <laughs> um, yeah, so he steals the... It's all a ruse, of course. He's being set up by Kelly. Was that really... Did Kelly have to go that elaborate to fuck to do that? It's kind of deep. It's like, I, I was like, "Yo, fucking hell!" I mean, you, you don't get your money back, but it's kind of, it's, it's kind of deep. <laughs> it's a weird one. I think I, uh, I've got a bonus card in the brewing, and this is all part of it and related. But I do think that this plan was just a little bit too shabby for him, where it just gets undone so fucking quickly. If you know what I mean, yeah. all of the the crimes, everything he's doing. Doesn't make sense. And the fact that he's fucked up and high on ecstasy. <laughs> the kid who's never touched drugs and never done anything, I'm pretty sure it would all go against you know, Kelly. Kelly exacts further revenge by posing as Matthew's student advisor and stealing the money raised for Sam Young. Sam Young. Matthew fears that he will be implicated in the fraud. He turns to Danielle for help and she calls Hugo Posh. They agree to make a pornographic film on prom night with Danielle's former colleagues and Matthew's classmates as actors. Eli directs the production, and when no one is able to perform an important scene, Klitz finds the confidence to undertake it. They celebrate the successful shoot. Matthew and Danielle have sex for the first time. My issue, my bollocks card is coming out with Kelly in the bank. Okay. That's just jail time. He's like, is the juice worth worth the squeeze? I'm like... You're walking into a bank with everyone who knows who the fuck you are if they really look into it. And you're just going to take the cash from the teller 
let, let's let's say this all went sour. The money doesn't go back on Monday. That bank teller's like, this man pretended to be student services, took 30k out of this school's account. Right, how do we find him? Well, here's his name and here's the industry he works in. Well, no, 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 no. So this is the part where, this is the part where um, it was funny because I remember Matt obviously talking to the teller about, yeah, they're going to go in trouble. And he's like, you're not, you're not, she's like, I'm not going to go down for some, blah, blah. I was like, that is 100% all on the teller. She would get absolutely fucked. The whole jail she time thing, fucking bullocks, bollocks. Who the fuck walks up to a bank and been like, oh, hey, Mr. Salinger pretending to be the fucking principal and she just goes yeah you're mr salinger because i met you one fucking time mm-hmm. cool here's 25 fucking grand shut up that teller would have been murked absolutely no no one else would have got in trouble no one it would literally would have been all on the teller all of it you didn't take I, I id think... you didn't verify who it was you closed an account you emptied said account you gave it to someone who didn't who wasn't involved in it just because you met him one time before because he happened to be with 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 uh with the kid who always brings ID himself. Shut up. It's all, it was all of that teller. I, I agree she's fully in the wrong, but I do think if... I, to me, Kelly was looking at jail time for doing that and would have easily been caught. And he would have oh, yeah. It. Obviously, me, obviously in, terms of, in, terms, so. in, terms of, in terms of fraud, yes, he definitely would. But at the same time, if he just decided to just completely go on the run and they couldn't find him, what's, what, what the hell is, what the hell is um, Matty going to do? Because the only person who would have reported him really was Matt. Well, whatever the too ashamed about everything that he'd done. Whatever the truth is, um, we got to remember that Matthew is the child, and he's the one that is being manipulated by not just Kelly, but now the teller. He is naive. He's like, "Oh shit, I must be in trouble. I'm going to lose everything." When yeah, yeah, you're right. It would be both on the adults. He's he is he's he's still a minor. He can't be held responsible. Well, no, isn't he 18 by this point? I think he's 18 at that point. I suppose they. He would. I suppose in in, in Hollywood land, he would have to be because they show him having sex. Yeah, he's eighteen. At one point, he actually mentions being eighteen. I don't think he would. I still don't think, as a school student, he would be held primarily responsible. I, I mean, the way I look at it is the school got robbed, and they're like, "Well, who robbed it, Kelly?" Uh, I mean, well, yeah, but then who brought, who brought him? But who who brought him there the first time and actually said it was. It was Matt. Right. It was it's sort of, again from a, from a manipulation perspective. Completely understand, but that's exactly why banks have particular things in place to ensure that shit like that doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, Mate, it's all on the fucking teller. Uh, two thousand and five yes, was like two thousand and four was like the Wild West, Anton. You know, like we just it was a lawless <laughs> time. Absolutely. <laughs> I think for me, just I thought Kelly was smarter than this, and the juice the juice wasn't worth the squeeze <laughs> for this kind of heist. You fucking love that quote, don't you? <laughs> the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I think at this point, the movie takes uh, uh, the Ocean's Eleven approach to unraveling the story. We don't know the plan. We hear Matthew suggesting the plan to the tripod, but not the specifics. Uh, yeah. We know the porn stars are going to be utilized somehow. We know Hugo's on board in some capacity. But the fun is the reveal of a plot slash heist. And I think it was the right move to keep this movie interesting. Because if the third act was just... We need to raise 30k or the unhinged porn producer is going to kill me. It wouldn't have been good. If the third act was simply even we need to make a, a porno to get out of the porno business, I think it would have been too on the nose. I think yeah. going the route where we're not actually sure what's happening yeah. or we think we know what's happening, but it's not what's happening. It's exactly what Ocean's Eleven does. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, that was, I think it was smart. I think this movie is great. smart. 
It was very well done. It was very well done. And again, it goes back to, and I will keep saying it, it harks back to the not everything is what it seems. Yeah. Oh, we need porn people. We need porn people. Cool. To the point where Kelly himself, one of the provisos of not everything is what they seem, falls for it himself. Plays a video assuming it's going to be a porn video. Yeah. No, it's actually about education. And the funny thing is, they actually harken back to it uh, originally when he's first talking about Danielle when he's taking her to the uh, uh, motel. And they're playing that sex education movie with Bob, who is like, I went to prom and had sex, and now I can't have fun. <laughs> and they're just like, what the fuck is this? This is what kind of crappy sex education video is this? Okay, well, look, going back, Anton, I think you hit the nail on the head when you, throughout this whole podcast, you've said, with this movie, with this script, things aren't as they seem. And I think a lot of the professional critics, you know, shit on the movie because of the crude subject matter but the script and the director make the right choices for the most part for the most part i haven't thrown out bollocks card and to be fair i, I kind of feel like i should throw out bollocks card because again like i said it was all good and i'm glad it worked out well but that fairy tale ending was exactly that a fucking fairy tale <laughs> not on your mother fucking life we haven't got there yet oh it's true good point, good point. <laughs> we haven't got to end yet, so yeah yeah Anton's yeah. prematurely ejaculated all over this podcast. No, absolutely. I went in, I've got in early. I'm excited. <laughs> but yeah, the end of this section of the film sees Matthew attend the prom with Danielle while Eli and Klitz are covertly arranging this porn shoot. So this, to me, is the funniest bit in the film where you know where Eli is running with everyone and one of the runners or the stagehands falls over and like he goes, No pain! take the pain <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't stop laughing I've seen it before again and again it's so funny when he he just like Eli, smashes the equipment as he drops to the floor Eli shines in this in these end scenes absolutely shines in these end scenes uh, he kills it this whole routine yeah. is all about like the fucking energy he brings to it and how many yeah. times he has to do it as well like you know when he's like you're strong you're firm, but you have a secret. Show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. Eli is brilliant at the end scene. And that's the funny thing, again, because, again, you're assuming every kid is 18. 18. Yeah. And you, you don't, there is no way that all of them are. You can assume that. They have to all be 18. Yeah. They have to all, like, I'm, I'm assuming, like I said, it will be a case of the fact that they've turned 18 for the majority, but yeah, it's just. Yeah, it, yes, it, yeah, it really I does mean, not deep matter. Down, it could even be why they rejected. I know it was getting revenge. Like, sorry, it looks like the party's full, but really, that kid could have been seventeen. So he's like, yeah, but they go, they go with him anyway. They try and do it with him anyway. If he's just he, he has failure, but it really does not matter how good an idea Matthew had in doing this. If any of those high schoolers are under eighteen, they're fucked. And even if they are over eighteen, they're high schoolers. Yeah, it's not. It's not good for the high school. So again. Like you said, it's... If they it, have I to mean, have chaperones I mean, at this prom, then they shouldn't be having sex in front of a camera at this prom. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's, 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 it's funny, like I said, because, again, I'm, I'm the, it, will, it will eventually get thrown out, but we'll do it, I'll do it at the very end of the... Actually, no, to be fair, because maybe it's not the end. Maybe it is more this pit, and I'll, maybe I'll just throw the bollocks card out now. Mm. Because it is literally just so for the fact that you've used real kids... Like in the video showed real kids at prom. Did all those kids? Did all those kids sign waivers? True. Did 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 
did, did the school sign away with her being like, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, that's fine. You use our students and our, uh, like, we use our students as part of that. Because fair enough, it is the case that maybe they didn't actually put the, the school's name in there, so they didn't put West Pro School in it. But you could see those kids' faces, and those kids can all be like, yeah, we all went to fucking Westboro. And then fucking Salinger is, is looking at jail time because he's fucking let kids film a sex education uh, <laughs> um, video at a school. Pro- like, come on now, Joey. Like, c- come the so fuck on. Like, as great as great as as I want it to be, and I love it. And that's why I'm chucking the fucking bollocks out right now. That is fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, I think you're justified. I, I oh, come on now, it's yeah. ridiculous. All right, all right, I agree. <laughs> Well, the next morning, (laughs) Eli calls Matthew, informing him that the tape has been stolen. Matthew enters his house to find Kelly in possession of the tape, talking with his parents and principal. Kelly demands Matthew's half of the eventual profits. When Matthew refuses, Kelly plays the tape for the group, who are surprised to find that Matthew and his friends have made a modern sex education film. Hugo Posh and Matthew make millions, and Posh pays for Sam Young's trip. Eli becomes a successful filmmaker... Clitz attends college and is pleased to learn that his classmates revel at his scene in the film, and Matthew attends Georgetown, bringing Danielle with him. All's well that ends well. Uh, Kelly's still out 30 grand, isn't he? <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I didn't want to do a separate bullets card, but I'm going to have to do another fucking one for this. As much as I love this film, it's, an, it's another bullets card. It's just... Ha- okay... How long, what was the time scale? How have you made a film, published it, marketed it, sold it, made millions, had enough, in one summer? Enrolled like in said, Georgetown. You, right. enrolled, enrolled in Georgetown. And then you send the guy that you fucked over, Cubans, and my man's like, safe. Cool. <laughs> Fuck off. He's still down fucking 30 grand sitting at his shitty studio wow. while Matt's a fucking millionaire. I'm, I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming Matthew paid him with the money he made from the set. He, he, he better fucking had. <laughs> well, the guy, the guy stole 25k, so he's only down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good fucking, fucking point. Sense. I didn't think about that. Good fucking point. I didn't think about that. Uh, but how Kelly... Uh, the whole... The, the, yeah, it does kind of fall off a cliff in the last 10 minutes. How Kelly found out about the film... And where it would be... And stole the tape. Yeah, is anyone's guess. I'm suggesting that there was probably a mole. Maybe one of the stars or... Oh, God. Or one of those three dickheads. I don't know, but... Okay, he found it. And... Yeah, I... I the way the way that it, it all transpires within, like... Seemingly over a summer. Because, yeah, as you say, he'd be enrolling in... Um, in school, in at college the next term. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, and I found one bit of one line that hasn't aged well. When they ask uh, Summer or what's her name, um, when did you lose your virginity? Oh, 10. Oh, dear. Wow. Who thought that was a good idea to put in? Wow, man. Come on. 10. That's bad. As if if you aren't perpetuating some porn stereotypes right there. Yeah. Fuck me. And it's bad because she's the ditzy one. Exactly. That's shit. Bad. That shit is not good. Yeah. <laughs> but look, to end the film, I think the extrapolation at the end really ties up things nicely. He's just going with it. And boom, mm. fil- and film's over. Never have mm. to see a sequel. 
Never want to know anything else that happens in his life. Absolutely. It's done. It, absolutely, it's finished. It's it's done. It's 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 very much a film in its own right. It, there's a beginning, there's a story, there's an end, and it ends. And, and it's a feel-good film. You know, the guy gets yeah, a perfect 100%. 10. She loves him immediately and unconditionally. Okay. <laughs> it shouldn't hold up, but it does for me. Maybe the 17-year-old in me still likes to live vicariously through Matthew, but that's what silly teen comedies are all about. They yeah. they exist for a reason, because teenagers yeah. can relate, and if not relate, yeah. then they can fantasize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, It's funny, because like I said, it is, you d- it's purely the adult mind. I remember watching uh, that for the first time, obviously, when we watched it, and thinking, shit, what an ending. Like, yo, they turn that shit around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you grow up as an adult, and you're just like, what's the actual hell? I'm glad <laughs> things worked out, but what yeah. the actual hell? I just imagine, and, like, and I think Ian hit the nail on the head. You think as an adult, you just think, I don't have any kids, but I'm like, cool. There's a sex education tape running around. And my kids are at prom, and they're on that tape. What's the fuck? I'm Yo, suing school, the shit are you, out of Bro, Westboro, I'm taking your ass to town. Some dude is driving around in a BMW Z4 now because of my fucking kid. Get lost. You give me some money. Going back to, like, I'm going to go back to saying some nice things. Like, the mo- most <laughs> most films like this will sort of gestate in the, inside the parameters of a parasocial relationship where the, the, there's a guy that loves a girl. The girl doesn't know he exists up until some point where she falls in love with him irresistibly. Not here, right? Danielle is into him straight away in this film, and it's refreshing. It's It, it lets the film focus on other things. And um, I'm just thinking, like, you know me, I love writing. Uh, always trying to think of a decent logline. A logline is a sentence that tells you what the film is. And this film is exactly what Hollywood would be, would have and probably still is looking for. It's the promise of the premise. High school senior falls in love for the first time with a girl next door, but things get wild after he learns that she's a porn star. I mean, right there, you've got the protagonist, high schooler. The inciting incident meets the girl of his dreams got the goal to win her over and then the central conflict well she's a porn star what are you gonna do yeah it's exactly where the story is set because it's in the title amongst high schoolers and we will likely it will likely spill out hilariously into the porn industry a complete juxtaposition of two worlds colliding all in one sentence is it stupid sure is it unlikely definitely does it work on an entertaining level fuck yes it does yeah yeah 100%. These log lines in these films are all based on what ifs. And in comedy, can be just as powerful in a comedic sense than if it's a straight drama. You know, straight drama is what if an amateur boxer from Philly got a shot at the World Heavyweight Champion, right? This is exactly the same as. And then that won an Oscar. This is exactly the same. What if the girl next door, the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, is a porn star? Yeah. I don't understand why, the, why comedies like this get such. get massacred so much just because. It appears so far fetched. I think. I think, like I said, to, it's posing a dramatic of, question. Whole, yeah, absolutely. The whole point of the whole point of films, uh, of, well, well, the whole point of films in general and everything is to tell stories that would take you outside of the norm. Like you said, this is in a weird way. This the, what the weirdly relatable thing about this is also the thing that is weirdly unrelatable about it, which is why you just you can't help but pose yourself the question: What if I was in that position? That's the most powerful thing about this film. What, what if I was in that position? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, like you said, for what it is, we're not looking for 
grandiose Magna Carta meaning of life here. We're just like, yo, if you had a cool girl sitting next to you and she happened to be a porn star, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And you're in high school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it, it literally is that. So like I said, you can take it from that. The only thing, like I said, because this is obviously what we do as part of the podcast, in terms of whether or not things hold up, for me, the only thing is just the plan at the end, which again, at the time, and even now, I have an appreciation for it. I love that there's a turnaround. But then when you think about the actual outcome and actually how they did it, it is just like, yo, this, that is probably the worst thing to ever happen. Her just being a normal poster would have made him far more just normal, sense <laughs> <laughs> i'd say for me as a teen comedy of its day with more heart than you'd expect from a film of its nature um, and a likable likable characters for you know from all the main people involved and a nice twist on an unoriginal premise i'm saying it succeeds on all those fronts i'm going with a 7.5 out of 10 so um i remember Loving this film when it first came out. I remember I actually ended up buying it on DVD. Um, it was something I've watched many, many, many times uh, over and over. It's, it fits into my category of just real, like carefree films. You can just kind of throw on uh, like Dazed and Confused and Tower Records. Yeah. Um, films like that. Um, watching it, I think it was easy to relate to. You absolutely nailed that. That it's something you can sit back and as being around that age, around 2021 I think it was when this came out, you really uh, can connect emotionally with the oh there's this amazing girl like, uh, you know all the fantasies of things going wrong, things going right, the sort of shock of being in that position and you know, wanting to make the most of it, all of that draws in with the film um, however, re-watching it definitely don't think it's aged well at all um I think there's a lot of language in the film that you won't see in any films uh, these days, even though I do remember the 90s being a little bit like that. Um, I think, as well, watching it 20 years later, 15 years later, whatever it is, the um, I definitely feel more like the adults in the film. I definitely feel like it's more like Kelly's side where you're looking in just like these are just kids and they have no idea what the fuck they're doing um, overall I'm going to give the film a 6.5 okay then that's fair um, so that's 21.5 altogether however there was a cascade of bollocks oh cards Lord, thrown absolutely. <laughs> well it was the right movie <laughs> yeah. it's a porno it's so bollocks true. everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's the, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are, this is good for the number two on the all-time most bollocks cards thrown in a single review. The first being, uh, of course, Superman Returns. Um, This had a grand total of four bollocks cards, two by Anton, one by me, one by Ian. So, uh, and Superman Returns had seven. <laughs> well, Superman is does have the bollocks of seven men. So. <laughs> so that means that it chops down the score to seventeen point five out of thirty. The so the score of seventeen point five puts the girl next door right into sixth place. Okay, so we've got Superman Returns at rock bottom with eight out of thirty. The Girl Next Door now sits right above Superman Returns, 17.5. Then in fifth place, Training Day, 
22.5 out of 30. Snatch with 23. Hot Fuzz is in third place, 24.5. 300 is still in second place at 25 out of 30. And The Departed Reign Supreme with 26 out of 30. I can't get over Training Day being so low. Uh, I... 300. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like 300, but still... I have no sympathy. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the stats, these are just ones. <laughs> no prisoners, no mercy. I answer you. For me, you are the Jedi Council from all three of the original from the prequel trilogy films. You just you were clouded by the dark side. You didn't see it coming. Ian is the Senate. <laughs> That mean Honor the Carnia. <laughs> that was actually really fucking good. <laughs> Activate Order 300. <laughs> okay. So that is unfortunately uh, the way the cookie crumbles. And uh, that is our you know top 10s rounding up. We've got three spots left. Three movies to go until we have a fully formed top 10. All right, it's nearly that time where we got to make like Penelope and cruise. But before we do, let's find out what movie we are going to review next. Hopefully by now you know the drill. We've established the rules. We have labeled a bunch of MP3 sound bites from 1 to 40. And I ask Ian or Anton to pick a random number. And we reveal what movie it is by playing the clip and surprise for both us and you, the listeners. So without further ado, Ian, this week, would you like to give me a random number? Number two, please. I can't remember the last time anyone did a high number. You know, what if you pick number 40? What might it be? Okay, number 40. No, let's do number two. Brilliant. <laughs> Are we ready? We're good. We're good. Three, two, one. Let's reveal that movie. You're on it, but I'm Allegra Cole, the woman of your dreams. <laughs> of your it's. Show me the magic. Well, show me the magic. Oh. I'm showing you the magic. You don't come to whole hundred. You don't go to whole hundred. Yeah. It took me a second there. Yeah, it's Hitch. It took me a a while, actually. I I was like, Will Smith, he's chatting up someone. Wait, that sounds like a bloke. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, it's off to the world of uh, seduction and pickup artists and slaps to the face because it's Will Smith's Hitch. (laughs) (laughs) He actually slaps someone in this as well. I'm just saying. He does. It's, cr- wow. it's, it's it was, gonna. It was, it's gonna it was, be triggering. It's a foreboding. <laughs> I'm gonna have to issue a trigger warning before next week's episode. Oh wow. Okay. Well, Hitch. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it since then. I haven't seen it since we watched it. That takes care of all the business. It's all about thanking my co-hosts, and I'm gonna start with Anton. Thank you so much. Do it for me. For me. <laughs> For me! <laughs> and Ian. 
You are. That, I think the juice was worth the squeeze overall with that film. Ah, was, uh, very yeah. nicely done. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And that's it from me as well. And remember, your futures hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your next picture is whatever you make it. So make it a good one.